Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today's lectionary reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter. We're going to read a pretty tough passage, actually. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to him, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops." And then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's sit with this passage, the words of Jesus. God, we ask you to help us today to see from your word an invitation to look at where our treasure is. Father, we ask you to help us to be faithful. We ask you to help us to be honest. We ask you, God, to help us to open up our hands and give you access to parts of our hearts, our lives that might be difficult. In Jesus' name, amen. So the passage begins with presumably a younger brother coming to Jesus and saying, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. And to our ears, this seems like a reasonable request. We just think, well, shouldn't shouldn't family share the inheritance? But in Jesus' time, an inheritance like this would almost certainly center around land. And the father... Uh, the, benefit, the, the, the benefactor would have almost undoubtedly left the inheritance to his children as a united gift, like a, a homestead to tend an ancestral land. And in this story, the younger brother wants to sell the land, wants to divide it up rather than keeping it as one. And so he goes to Jesus and says, help me have what I want. And Jesus will not help him. Jesus will not divide that which was not meant to be divided. See, the young man is thinking of himself, and Jesus responds by saying something that I think is instructive for all of us. He says, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Phrases like take care and be on your guard, these words strongly suggest that it requires vigilance on our part if we're to live free from greed. And greed in the Bible is best understood in terms of insatiable desire. That like if you get what you want, it still won't make you happy. You still feel like you're lacking. It's like never enough. And the word life here is not just that you're breathing, sleeping, eating, making love. Like it's not just about being alive. Life here means a quality of life, a special quality, a kind of satisfied quality of life. And Jesus basically says, to have a settled, satisfied life, you can't find that just in pursuing external means and possession. So he tells us to be on guard. 
He says, I want you to fight against everything in your life that feels like when you get it, it's never enough. So we think about money, we think about reputation, we think about our desire to be secure and safe, um, our insulation from need, all these things that never feel like they're enough. Jesus says we have to actually be vigilant, be on guard. And so I think there's an invitation here for us to look at the things that we look to, to consider the things that we look to that we believe are going to create safety and security, things that will protect us from feeling and being vulnerable and needy. And I want you to hear this. The problem isn't the thing itself. Money is not bad. Trusting in money is bad. Money is a tool. A reputation, cultivating a reputation, this is not bad. Having a good job, having strong family connections, these things are not bad. They're actually really good. They just can't be ultimate. They make better servants. They're tools. They can't be masters. And when they are masters, we get into trouble. Because we begin to put the weight of our life on those things rather than see them as a gift, a blessing. So Jesus tells a story. Let's sit with this story because there's a, a real logical flow here that I think is actually quite analogous of the way many of us live our lives. A man is a farmer and he experiences massive abundance in his work. Y'all, he's good at what he does. There's no mention of this guy being wicked. There's no mention of him abusing his workers. There's no mention of him being cruel, unkind. He's the beneficiary of good planning, abundant sunshine, sufficient rain, favorable soil conditions. Dude is doing a great job in his career. Abundance essentially means that he has more than he could have expected. And this is a good thing. Y'all, God wants you and me to experience abundance in our life. But the problem that this man runs into, and this is a challenge for many of us, is that he does not receive these good things as a gift for which he is to give thanks. He feels that he has earned what he has, and he's determined to control what he has. So what do you do with abundance? Are we prone to give thanks and live with our hands open, giving and receiving, letting things, resources, uh, friends, uh, equity with people uh, flow in our hands and out of our hands? Or do we worry that this may be the last bit of abundance, that we have to control everything that we receive? So what does the farmer do? He thinks he needs to control, so he begins to talk to himself. He, he literally asks and answers his own questions. Y'all, that's a sign. If you find yourself asking and answering your own questions, you might be in a, in a bad headspace. This is significant. This man had no community around him with which to deliberate. There's been a theme here. The last couple of episodes on the podcast, we've been seeing in the biblical text the need to be together. Well, this guy is not together with anyone. He doesn't have community, so he's just talking to himself. He doesn't have people to bounce ideas off of. He doesn't have friends that'll help him make important decisions. Like, should I build a bigger barn? He's just out there on his own, controlling his assets. His success has isolated him. His desire to control resources has isolated him. So all he has is himself, which means he has limited perspective. If you find yourself isolated... If you don't have people to bounce ideas off of, your perspective will increasingly be limited. This guy has a limited perspective. So this is what he says. (laughs) He actually says this. I will do this. 
I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. So rather than seeing abundance as a vehicle for generosity, this man believes he needs to capitalize on what he has and keep it all for himself. He says, I three times and my three times all in one verse. He's living completely for himself. So he hatches a plan to create additional storage space to accommodate his abundant wealth. And this is what he does. He says, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Y'all, there's an air of anxiety in this guy's thought process. He's actually saying to his soul, relax. <laughs> it sounds as if his soul is not at rest. So he's attempting to manufacture an elusive state of well-being. Y'all, beware. If you're trying to manufacture well-being through the accumulation of more insulating resources, See, fear is driving this man. And I think fear is what drives us when we get into a scarcity mindset. He's afraid that he won't be able to enjoy a good life. He's afraid that he won't be able to relax. So he pushes and pushes and pushes. And he wears himself out trying to get to a place of safety. And some of us are probably right there right now. We've just worn ourselves out trying to secure a spot for ourselves. And here's the truly sad thing. God's gifts abound in this man's life, and yet he is operating from such a place of unrest and scarcity that he's unable to see what blessing he's received. Y'all, the resources were not bad. It was his approach to the resources that robbed him. See, fear kept him, and it keeps us from experiencing peace. Fear kept him, and it keeps us from trusting. Fear keeps this guy, but it also keeps us from receiving the good things that come into our life as a gift. So what does God say to him? You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. You fool, best translated as you stupid man. And when he says your life is being demanded, that indicates that his life is on loan. Y'all, your life, my life is on loan from God. And we never know when we're going to have to pay it back, give it back to him. If your life belongs to the Lord, there will come a time where the Lord will say, I want it back. What did you do with it? Y'all, at the end of the day, I believe the Lord wants us to learn how to be rich toward God. He wants us to learn how to be rich in the reality of God and the complexity of life and our insatiable desire to create security for ourselves. These things distract us from the reality of God. So ironically, the richer we become, the poorer we are the more impoverished we are before God. So I think there are a couple of things we can do. Number one, we can intentionally reject our tendency toward entitlement. We can give thanks. I think we can also intentionally relinquish control over things and people we love. We can give stuff away. We can open up our hands and cease controlling people that we care about. Give people an opportunity to do the things they need to do and not be controlled by you at all times. If people and resources are a gift, the way to live with gifts is to have your hands open, not closed, clutching, and controlling. I think the Lord would also ask us all to cultivate a disposition of giving. Maybe now, more than ever before, this is an opportunity for us to intentionally give stuff and money and resources away, especially if we have some abundance in our life right now. Father, I pray for my friends. I ask you to give them grace. I ask you to help us all to know how to trust you with our lives. God, we don't want to look to resources and let them become a master in our life. We want to learn to look to you. So have mercy on us, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice, and respond to Him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. Thank you.